Good morning, you're listening to 2XXFM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT, where we explore local current affairs from an informed and curious view. Today's weekly arts edition of Subject ACT will be my first attempt to fill the shoes of our wonderful presenter, Real Beast, who has decided to reclaim her Thursday mornings. We will miss you, Real. Today we explore our affinity with the earth and how it inspires and sustains us. We ask this question through the lens of curator Benita Tunks and one of six artists, Mary Kaiser, who recently collaborated to create an intricate and diverse exhibition called Earth, now showing at the Belconnen Arts Centre until September the 11th. Earth is part of a series of three exhibitions exploring what curator Benita Tunks holds most dear, including spirituality, the right to protest and the earth. Benita draws together six artists, asking them to respond and collaborate on this theme in their chosen mediums. The result is an inspiring and dynamic exhibition exploring personal connection and relationship to the earth. You're listening to 2XX 98.3 FM on Local Current Affairs Program, Subject ACT. My name is Becca Postorino and I will be presenting Thursday's Arts Edition of Subject ACT. Lovely to have your company today. We're talking to curator Benita Tunks and artist Mary Kayser about the new exhibition Earth, which explores the question to each artist, how does the earth sustain them? It is welcome to the program, Benita and Mary. Thank you. Hello. Benita, as curator, what sparked your interest in this particular theme? Well, for me, I suppose I put myself in the shoes of young people and I also put myself back in that time when in the 60s and 70s I was growing up and going to school and, you know, the threat of a nuclear war sort of overhung us, Mm. uh, overshadowed our futures. Because of all of the information that's coming through the social media and the other media platforms, there's this, we've only got a certain time before climate change spells great gloom and doom to us all. Mm. And I suppose I wanted to turn that on its head and I wanted to celebrate the earth and all that it it gives us from the tangible to the intangible. But I also wanted to involve school children in this program so that they can come and celebrate Mm. and connect with the great things that the earth provides them so that they can come at it from a different perspective. I obviously, the earth is something that's quite uh, important in my life mm. and I work at, walk every day in the environment mm. and also I go away to sort of recalibrate mm. and spend a lot of time in, in nature and I suppose I just wanted to see what other ways the earth sustained other people and to put that question to the mm. artists that I selected for this exhibition. There's sculptures, there's paintings, there's mixed mediums. From a curator's point of view, how do you choose the artists to participate in this this particular project? How did you make that decision? As you said at the start of the program, this was a series of three exhibitions and there's six artists that have been in each of the three. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of spend my time probably window shopping and seeing who else is out there. Mm-hmm. So I go to the graduate show every year at the um, Canberra School of Art and I try always to include a recent graduate in my mm-hmm. exhibitions. I also know I've been in the arts community for over three years 
decades. Mm. So I know a lot of the people locally, but I also go to Sculpture by the Sea every year mm. and I go to the Biennale and just I sort of look out for who's doing work that sort of resonates with the themes of the time. And then I try to create a, a group of artists that are able to get together and talk about their ideas. So we have a series of meetings. We go visit the gallery. I also meet individually with each of the artists as well. So I suppose it's just knowing who's out there mm. and selecting various artists and their working style and the themes that they've also used in their own artwork over time. And then that's how I bring the artists together. Working in a group is very different to working individually. How does that influence the work of art from your point of view? Does that sort of collaborative approach really sort of feed back into what the artists produce or create? Most definitely. A lot of the artists that work in the three exhibitions, but particularly this one, interacting with each other tends to get them thinking differently Mm. and it tends to push them out of their normal mode of operation. So we've got artists that have made different things than they've normally made using different materials Mm. and I think it it also frees them up because it's a theme-based exhibition I've done the thinking around the concept for them. They're mm. responding to it. And then by getting them together, they're responding to each other. Mm. So they're really coming at it from a different perspective from, say, if they were focusing on a solo exhibition where they'd be very intense mm. on a particular theme or something that was really personal to themselves. This, they've got an opportunity to be probably a lot more freer and a lot more bolder. Yes. And I think a lot of the artists, especially watching the artists that have been in all three exhibitions, they've definitely gotten bolder over the three series. Mary, I'd like to bring you into the discussion now as one of the contributing artists. How was that process for you as a collaborator? How did that inspire you individually to produce your work of art? Well, one of the big realisations that I've had, particularly with this, the third in the trilogy, Earth, is that I definitely know that the natural environment has always underpinned my work. All of my work in the past is related to the natural environment and I think that's a very important aspect for an artist to perhaps really understand and internalise. Why is the natural environment so important to you? Oh, it, it, it nourishes me, it feeds my imagination, my spirit, my soul, my health, everything. You don't have to go very far in nature to actually be inspired, just even in the backyard. But I'm also very fortunate. I I love bushwalking and cross-country skiing and all these activities that does take me deep into wilderness areas Mm. and just totally nourishes every aspect of my being mm-hmm. and particularly my imagination. And that's such an important thing for an artist. To, that point of inspiration is it's the momentum, isn't it? It's the excitement and the little fire in your belly that gets you going. Yes, that's right. Yes. Mm. What is the common thread running through each artist's work, Benita, if you can explain from what you've seen as a result? What can you see? Is there a commonality or is Look, there I something that you can describe? Look, I think there's a few threads that actually are across various artists' works and Mary sort of hit the nail on the head. I think it's that connectivity and grounding yourself mm. and sort of recalibrating when you've sort of lost your way in the world. Mm. I think a lot of the artists have sort of referred to that interconnectedness and that refinement of saying, well, who am I? Where am I going? Where do I belong? How do I fit? And the environment sort of is a perfect place to find that that bearing for each of the artists. I think spirituality is also a really strong Mm. thread as well. 
and the fact that it allows you, the various artists, to put themselves in, in a greater context within the universe mm. and, and bring it back to the realism of where you are in a point in time and, and, and your being and your role in that scenario. So I think spirituality and interconnectedness is, is two of mm. the major themes, but also the materiality in itself. Mm. Amanda Stewart created an amazing mixed-media piece where she used earth itself, so tannic acid, rust, bark, resins, earth pigments, ochre, charcoal, lanolin. She even used dingo urine. <laughs> and when you look at the work, it, it's it's almost like a tan skin. It is mm. so... And we had to handle a few times because we <laughs> moved it around the room to get the right location for it. But she really brought that to life just by the materiality that she used. And I mm. think also, too, Harry Fasher and Fiona Amendes work, they had a conversation one lives in the bush, one lives in the uh, by the sea, and they had mm. a conversation about why they were so connected to the earth and, and what were the threads that binded both of their relationships based mm. on that connection to the earth. And they pretty much went for a walk through the landscape mm. and then gathered the materials to create their wow. sculptures. And so their sculptures are a reflection of that conversation but also that interaction. Mm. And so I think they're, for me, the main threads that draw mm. through. But there are also other hidden layers in there as well, the political, the personal you can see these these natural colors these really vibrant shapes and and textures and the sculptures are quite striking in this exhibition as well from from what i'm seeing in the catalog and and the diversity of of the sculptures is is quite beautiful and i think that works um, also um, that that worked for us uh, moving the first two shows are at m16 which is a lovely space Mm -hmm. But this is the largest show of the four, of the three shows. So there's 15 artists in this show and Sacred had 10. So when we had our first meeting at the exhibition, the very first point that Elizabeth Kelly said, well, of course we're going to use the scale because they've got these really high ceilings there. So when I came in, of course, everyone has used the scale and mm-hmm. two and three metres high are yes. a lot of the common dimensions of the height of the work. So I think that the fact that we could go indoors and outdoors and yes. in front of the gallery meant that the artist could really stretch out and they've done that quite beautifully. I guess where you're exhibiting is quite important to what you're producing. Is the feel of the space, does that come into play for you, Mary, when you walk into that the Balcon and Arts Centre? Did you get a sense of inspiring what you created? quite sure how to answer that but I do appreciate having my pieces I have two pieces in there and one of them is called please sit which (laughs) is a a seat that is a place for two people to sit and contemplate my other piece which is on the wall and I so much appreciate being able to have a lot of space to be Mm. able to walk around that work because the it's quite intricate the structure Mm. underneath the the materials you've used buffalo hide yes what inspired you to use buffalo hide with with steel they're texturally so different but somehow Mm. there's a harmony there Mm. well that's an aspect of our natural environment we Mm. have geometry and we have organic Mm. in in our environment and I'm just so inspired Mm. when I see a rock for example where there's a 90 degree angle (laughs) yeah so it's that beautiful contrast that um, within nature that mm. I also try to incorporate in my work. The buffalo hide, there's a whole story to the buffalo mm. hide that comes from Northern Territory in the mid-80s when they had culling there because mm. uh, it was destroying the 
environment there. And uh, when I was working the liver workshop at the art school many years ago, we took students down to the Butte Tannery, which no longer exists, but I mm. saw the hides there. And um, I just thought there'll come a time where I'm, when I'm going to use this beautiful material and try to give respect yes. to that animal. That was one of my aims too in this particular piece, to give respect to the animal but incorporate it as though it is, it is part of our landscape. Yes. And the idea of two people sharing an experience of, of sitting on this seat, they're connecting to animal, mm. they're connecting to earth, there's mm. redwood in there as well and to the stainless steel which is part of the mineral of Mm. of our earth so that was part of my concept Mm. a very important part I formed the buffalo hide over the structure of the stainless steel in a in a wave a multiple wave Mm. type structure Mm. and it's like a landscape and uh, if I can just say to the work please sit hopefully encourages two people to sit but then to look at earth moments Mm. which is a media uh, on the wall mm. where it's taken from very special places close to Canberra, Earth Moments it's called. I got the inspiration up at the Ramshead Ranges in Kosciuszko National mm. Park, little snippets of very special places mm. and some even as close as Gibraltar Falls in mm. within ACT Beautiful. region. I look forward to seeing it. I guess we have described some of the works of art. Benita, did you want to describe what else is in the exhibition? Well, I also wanted to make the comment, referring to your question before, also there's a lot of reference to the environment itself, its fragility and its beauty. Yes. And I think Marcus Tatum's work in particular, Earthen Vessel, which is a solid piece of carved cypress tree, and it's this amazing, elegant, tall, yes. Fragile, but at the same time, quite it has a strength about it, mm. and also the smell that comes from it, which is quite beautiful. So, yes. there's a lot of subtleties in the exhibition with the audio from Mary's installation, mm. as well as the smells from the yes. wood. And I think even Amanda's work has a, a bit of a distinct smell as well. It's sensory as well, then. Yeah, yeah. most definitely, most definitely. So, I think uh, all of the works are quite unique, and, I, and what I really like is that they all resonate with each other yes because we've got from one vantage point you see mary's beautiful please sit chair and then you look across to amanda's thylacine hide that she'd used when she had a residency at the national museum of australia she traced the hide and Mm. she's used incorporated the thylacine skin into Mm. a a new landscape that she's created Mm. so and then you also have these beautiful woven forms by Sally Blake, a Canberra artist who has created these earth cores and the the shadows that come off those works are so delicate but also Mm. too there's a real strength to those works and I think that the fact that then you've got those lovely verticals that then refer out to Lee and Bruce Tunks's work out on the in the outdoor gallery that also sort of resonates so there's some really lovely synergies between Mm. the work even though they're quite individual in their own right they don't stand alone they're talking to each other most definitely they are a result or some of them from conversations that artists had between them and even experiences that artists had together which it speaks 
within this exhibition. Most definitely. And I think you can see those nuanced similarities, but then there's the individual mm. treatment that each of the artists have given them. And, and as I said before, Bruce and Lee have collaborated differently in the past, but this is a true collaboration. In the past, it was fabricator and artist, but the two have come together as fabricators and artists mm. in the one collaboration. And then outside, sharing with the space in the outdoor gallery is their beautiful work by Michael Purdy Mm. and his work's called Shudder and it refers to the earthquake that happened in 2004 and he talks about it got him thinking that the earth is actually moving and that if we were to do a time lapse of the earth plates over time we would actually see mother earth breathing so like the the rise and fall of a chest Mm. it's moving and I think his work he's even created it so that the children because it's a large carved stone piece sitting on a, a steel box but there's steel cast springs yeah. that, that so when when you get near he encourages people to touch it oh, then it does move and what he's carved it in such a way so that clever. when it rains and it's been, we've been fortunate we've had some mm. rain there's a, a groove where water f- fills up in a pool wow. and so when you shudder the, the move the artwork it also shudders with the ripples in the so top designed to respond to the natural environment from which it's being exhibited. It's so clever. Yes, very clever. That was curator Benita Tunks and artist Mary Kaiser talking about their exhibition, Earth, featuring at the Belconnen Arts Centre until September the 11th. You're listening to 2XX 98.3 FM. I'm Becca Postorino, your presenter for Thursday's edition of Local Current Affairs Program, Subject ACT, where we explore arts in the ACT. Stay with us now for more of my conversation with curator Benita Tunks and artist Mary Kaiser on their powerful exhibition, Earth. It takes me about three days to install an exhibition, Mm. even though when we talk and we walk through where the artists would like to put their work, quite often it's not till you see the finished work that you can decide on the final resting Mm. place. And just when I got them all in the right position, that's Mm. when... I always know when I've got the artworks in the right position because Mm. they all sing at their best. Yes, Your intuition must be singing at those times. Is that what compels you to make decisions in those moments? Most definitely. So there's there's a vibrational resonance between myself and the artworks and I'm looking at it from multiple perspectives. Mm. So I'm looking at vistas, I'm looking at the individual one-on-one engagement Mm -hmm. with the art, I'm looking at how there's cross-conversations across the gallery with the various artworks. And I think in order to do respect to the concept of each of the artists and the work you've got to allow them to breathe Mm. but you've also got to be able to allow them to resonate especially with a a shared theme like this exhibition you've really got to be able to it is like an orchestra isn't it It's, it's harmony and it's beautiful kind of music it's definitely a rhythm and I mean for example Murray Kirkland's absolutely monumental artwork which is Mm. like four meters by two (laughs) meters high it really needed a a special space for it otherwise it could have sucked all the energy out of the the gallery but where it is is perfect and you Mm. get this lovely long vista which draws you right into the work and Murray's work is about the fact that he's called it between heaven and earth and he talks about for him spending time in nature is what allows him to be himself he finds inspiration and calm he finds solace and he finds that that profound connection gives him what he needs to move through the world the work from Natalie Bateman an Aboriginal woman from the south coast she talks about everything that's 
living on the planet has an energy and that when people die that spirit lives on so spirit is the form of the mm. energy and she talks about those resonance and those vibrations well it's a really special story mm. embedded in this painting so Arnie Jessie who is Natalie has moved away from her country mm. but she visits quite regularly and when she does her auntie um, heals her children by getting them to lay in a sacred spot mm. and Natalie spoke about the fact that she could feel the earth energy coming up through mm. uh, uh, the earth into her body and that mm. this is the pa that painting um, refers to that mm. special um, sacred practice that her auntie shares with her when she returns to country. In your sculpture, Mary, you've used uh, buffalo hide and red gum and stainless steel. How did you choose those mediums? We talked a little bit about that before. Was there sort of any question? Did you have a clear idea of those mediums being what you would use? Well, around Canberra, I'm probably known for working with metal. Um, I have a number of large sculptures around Canberra, down at Commonwealth Park, yes. Resting Place the Dragonfly, it's called, at, at the ANU Chrysalis and another one in New South Wales. I've got four large sculptures <laughs> around, and they were all initially made with painted mild steel. And the Gates of Anchor, of course, I made those, and that was painted steel. And then I, I'm curious. I always like to try different materials, so I, st I started using stainless steel in some minute, very minute, the other extreme, mm -hmm. from monumental mm -hmm. to ex the extreme small miniature sculptures in stainless steel. And then I started feeling as though I wanted some wanted it to be warmer in mm. in color and in texture so I started adding redwood with the mm. stainless steel and uh, I really enjoyed that and then I started using uh, other earth materials like granite mm. in the sacred exhibition I made a large easel type structure that has mm. a number of materials in where I started using the buffalo hide so materiality is important to me I like, I like to get to know the material because they tell mm. stories mm. and um, I like to try and tell stories in a, in a poetical type yeah. of way through the materials. What transformation took place? This is quite a profound theme and as part of the trilogy. What sort of transformation takes place from conception to creation of work of art? What is that transformation for you personally? Something similar to what I said right in the beginning that this particular exhibition has crystallised in mm. me that affirmation that uh, the natural environment underpins and has underpinned my work mm. right from the beginning in the mid late 80s when I graduated from art school through to now. Now that that's very clear to me, it's it's an area that I'm going to keep going because mm. it nourishes me the, the most. Mm. I love making things. It's an adventure for me, but now it's, it's even more of an adventure mm. having that deeper connection of, of understanding as artists. But it's a journey from the beginning when you realise that you love making things all the way through life. For me now, it's clear and that feels comfortable. Mm. And, and also just one other thing I said in the catalogue, we need grounded connection with our natural environment to be in harmony with this precious planet Earth. And I just really feel that deeply inside myself mm. a lot more than what I did before. Yeah, it's on a cellular level, yeah. acknowledgement. And I think by choosing artists that work in certain mediums and have a history of 
connecting to those themes, I think you, you get a more powerful exhibition. Yes. I mean, I think there was no pushing that had to happen. <laughs> so, so deadlines were met and the energy was right mm. because each of the artists truly resonated with the mm. theme. Mm. They weren't just in it because it was just another group show yeah. to get into. It was more that they, and that's why I handpicked particular people. Mm. But I think that that is a crucial part to the success of the the work and the exhibition as a whole singing cohesively mm. is because there there was those artists were already in that frame of mind yes. and that materiality they were all strong in their materiality mm. um they weren't testing new about new areas i mean mary made her first audio visual which i think was fantastic but and and tina made a bigger photograph than she's ever made before <laughs> but they're very confident artists yeah. in their material approach yeah you, you talked about the intangible at the beginning we didn't is there anything more that you wanted to say about that quality um, as part of the exhibition that really shines through? What was so important about the intangible aspects of? Well, I think it's a, it's not it's not valued. I yeah. mean, it's 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 we talk about you know we want clean water and we want um, clean soil to grow our vegetables and we want clean air to breathe and totally get it. I mean, we don't have those three fundamentals. We're all stuff really. Mm. But I think that the earth gives us so much more, mm. and I think that that's part of the problem of what we're facing with climate change. Humans have removed themselves from that that web of life and see themselves above the, the animals and the earth that that is is what we're all essentially mm. part of and what they haven't done and it's not all humans I mean I don't want to give everyone a generic blanket mm. <laughs> sort of criticism but because we're not factoring in that we are part of that web of life and mm. that that it, it, we might have um brains and be able to make decisions mm. and and use money to buy our way out of mm. solutions but the reality is that it's so much more than what we're um ruining by trashing our earth yeah. we, we we are actually disconnecting ourselves from what is essentially part of our whole absolutely and i think that's what i wanted this exhibition to draw attention to i mean yes i think there are ways to solve the problems around the um the clean air and water and soil issues but um, by putting everybody in concrete jungles we're actually disconnecting them from you know there are children growing up now that don't understand that vegetables are grown in the earth they don't mm. even know where their food comes from that's why Jamie mm. Oliver had to do all of those school programs in in the UK like they we are so far removed from what we quintessentially what mm. makes us human that I, this is what I wanted this mm. exhibition to take us back to that point and say well look mm. without all these other amazing things like spirituality beauty um, connectivity um, mm. awe one of uh, Marcus mm. talks about awe mm. in his work um, quite often um, it's about those intangible things that are, are just as important mm. as fresh air and water Absolutely. and soil for our food the unexplainable mm. things that we can feel and that do transform us, but we can't necessarily put a, a label or we can't analyse it in the cerebral sense. They're things that we feel. Mm. Well, they're getting closer to it. Um, scientists yes. <laughs> are now saying that, you know, you spend a week in, in, in mm -hmm. the natural world without um, uh, technological sort of interaction and you can recalibrate your sleeping pattern. Mm -hmm. You can actually impact on your anxiety and your depression. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think there are lots of... I mean, unfortunately, it takes for scientists to come in and say, yeah, this is really to good. To validate it. Yeah, when we really already know in we our hearts... 
think Bob Brown said a beautiful thing once at an auction I went to. He said, we don't have pictures on our um, notice boards at work and our desks of, you know, car parks and shopping malls. It's always the natural environment, you know. So we're always showcasing the memories that gave us the, the most joy. Mm. And I think that's what I'm hoping this exhibition will do is celebrate those intangible aspects and connections mm. to the earth that give us great joy and a sense of who we are in, in the scheme of things. Well, Benita Tunks and Mary Kayser, thank you so much for sharing the story of this uh, one part of the trilogy of your um, exhibition. Uh, Earth will be um, on at the Belconnen Arts Centre from the 19th of August. It opened with Costa on Friday night. We didn't even get into that conversation, but it sounded like it was an an amazing opening and it, it will be showing until the 11th of September. So thank you so much, Mary and Benita. Thank you, um, Becca. Yeah, thanks for sharing your work with us today. Thank you. That ends my conversation with curator Benita Tunks and artist Mary Kaiser talking about the exhibition Earth, now featuring at the Balconnen Arts Centre until September the 11th. Earth is one of three exhibitions curated by Benita Tunks, exploring how the Earth sustains and inspires each artist, particularly the intangible relationship they have with the Earth. And more Arts With Me, Becca Posterino, next Thursday as we sadly farewell our incomparable Subject ACT Thursday arts presenter, Real Beast. Tomorrow, Peter Fennell presents Friday's edition of Subject ACT and coming up next, a unique blend of news, views, attitudes and opinions from a trade union perspective on ACT at work. Tune in each weekday on 98.3 2XXFM for more local current affairs on Subject ACT from a diverse and informed view. Or listen live at www.2XXFM.org.au backslash listen. Join me, Becca Posterino, each Thursday for more of what's on in the arts world in the ACT. Have a wonderful day.